Danny, when you were younger, what one word would you have used to describe God? Love. Mazi, when you were younger, what one word would you have used to describe God? Um, good. God is good. When you were younger, what one word would you have used to describe God? one word you would currently use to describe God? Forgiving. What is one word you would currently use to describe God? Faithful. What is something you used to believe about God but no longer believe? I used to believe that God loved me because he had to. Like how your parents have to. Like, I, I used to believe you had to um, earn, you had to kind of learn do stuff for God and not with God, and now I understand that he's really looking for a relationship, not a list. Wow. That he cared more about what we did rather than the relationship. If God had a human job, what job might you give him? Oh, uh, he had a human job. Would be a caregiver, some kind of caregiver. <laughs> and if you could give God a human job, what job might you give? Life coach or confidant? <laughs> Name the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. It's so good to be here with you guys today. It was nice to, to spend time in liturgy with you and get a chance to talk about meeting God again for the first time and I really I went back just to see what was week one week two really really nice talks if you haven't had a chance to listen to week one and week two really really nice and heartfelt and honest so I really enjoyed that this talk is a little bit out of comfort zone because it's talking about feelings you know and uh, those who know me think I might be similar to Buna Anthony in that one about feelings. It's hard for us to have feelings sometimes, but it doesn't mean that we don't love and care for others. Um, the problem is we always want to feel God's presence. And when we don't feel God's presence, we automatically say God is not there. So we like a God who we can feel and touch and always see, but sometimes that's not the case. How can I believe in God if I don't feel his presence at all times. I think that's a struggle for some of us. Maybe this God is not a struggle for everyone, but this is a struggle for some of us where we're, I have to feel him. I got to have like the warm and fuzzies. If I feel him and I can touch him and I can see him and I can hear him, then that's my God. And that's the God we're going to talk about today. Maybe we shouldn't trust in that feeling only. Even God's silence doesn't equal his absence. I think some. I think all of us can relate to that. Sometime in our life, we just haven't heard God. We just don't feel His presence. But God's silence doesn't equal His absence. Faith comes from believing without seeing. We'll go from there. So we can't just trust in feelings. You know, we say, well, you know, Moses had the burning bush experience. Maybe you're not going to have the burning bush experience. Maybe you're not going to be like, like Elijah when you had like even the still small voice. Maybe not right the warm and fuzzies, the sensations, the peace that passes understanding, you might not have it all the time. You will have it, but not all the time. And I think sometimes we want, always with God, to have that feeling with Him. 
sometimes feelings aren't there, but God is ever present. I always smile when I see new married couples. I love to see new married How are they? They're thanks. We're um, they're holding hands and there's emotions and there's hugs all the time. And they're always kissing and always like when I was talking about that earlier. But it's new married couples. You know, if you're a new married couple, you can see. But what happens after a few years? Right after a few years of marriage, what happens? Like the holding hands doesn't happen as much, right? And even one time I was at like I was at a a lunch somewhere. And sometimes I like to watch people, so I was looking over, and guess what? There's a, like a married couple for many years, but they didn't say one word to each other the whole time. <laughs> it was like, just, and then like the newly married couples, they can't stop talking. And I think that in the beginning of a marriage, even I can remember like the courting time with Mama Dahlia, and then the honeymoon time, is much different than now. But if you were to ask me, that time frame, at honeymoon and everything with the butterflies and all the emotions and now 12 years later I would say now love is stronger love is much stronger but the feelings are not always like the honeymoon period and I think sometimes we want the same with God we always want that emotion and the butterflies and I can't see his presence you know and sometimes married couples when they're married a long time they feel that their husband and their wife have lost that loving feeling and that's from Abundant Anthony's 80s favorite songs, if you were here for that series. <laughs> right? That's it. Losing that loving feel. But it doesn't, look, if you don't have feelings all the time with God, doesn't mean God is not there. doesn't mean He stopped loving you. doesn't mean He stopped helping you. doesn't mean, right? It doesn't mean anything. Sometimes you're going to feel, and sometimes you're not going to feel. And that's the truth. Now, you guys know this verse very well in Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful. Above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. If we rely on our heart and our feelings, it's going to mislead us. Like some of us didn't feel like coming to church today. Can't rely on that. Some of us don't feel like staying here in front of, in the well. You know, sometimes we don't feel like whatever. We all have things that we don't feel like doing. I don't feel like going to work tomorrow, right? Some of us feel that way. You got to go to work. But feelings, if it was running our life or running our relationship with God, we're in big, big trouble. We can't let feelings control. Look, sometimes you're going to have a mountaintop experience with God, and you're going to feel like you're on a mountain, and sometimes you're not. And if you don't have that mountaintop experience with God, doesn't mean He's not there. He's definitely there. I think that's... Today we need to remove that idea. Today's false God is the boyfriend God. You know when someone's in the boyfriend stage versus like late marriage stage, <laughs> there's a big difference. Boyfriends, oh, everything is like, you know, writing lots of messages to each other and you can't wait. You know, all that, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that we're always expecting that from God all the time. Sometimes you're going to be on the mountaintop of God and sometimes you might feel like you're in the valley. But God is still present. God is still present. Let me, let me put a couple facts here. That we need to focus on. Feeling doesn't equal God's presence. You got that? You have a handout today. You can 
Fill it out as you go along. If you don't have a handout, try to get one. But feeling does not equal God's presence. Yes, we would like to see that feeling. We would like to know God is there. We Because all of us, that's why we're here in church today. We want to know God. We want to feel His presence. We want to make sure He's holding us in His holy hands. We want to make sure He's leading us. We don't want to... We want to always feel like, am I doing this right? Am I going in the right direction? But feeling doesn't necessarily equal God's presence. That's one. The second one is feeling does not equal God's blessing and approval. Oh, God hates me. And God doesn't want to be like, I don't see God and He's far from me. I must have done something wrong. I must have made a big sin. Look, maybe you did make a sin. Maybe you didn't. That's that. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but... It doesn't necessarily mean if you have feeling or don't have feeling, God's blessing or not blessing. He's approving or not approving. No. Don't focus on God like that. That's the boyfriend God. Is everything okay? Is everything else my boyfriend okay? Is, does he love me? Does he love me? Yeah. Okay. Like we're going to rely on that kind of God. <clears throat> we're we're going to be in trouble. So we're going to talk about a few things today. Truth number one. The sun is still there. On a cloudy day, right? I know I'm saying the obvious. The sun, the sun is still there on a cloudy day. If it's cloudy, you can't see the sun, but what? The sun is what? Still there. What does that mean? Yeah. So we are not alone. Many people feel the same that they don't feel God's presence. Many people feel the same. And here's the thing today, by the way, just as an overall. If you feel that you don't feel God's presence, let Him know. Open up about that. Say, God, I don't feel your presence. And just keep an open discussion with Him. You know, if you look through the Psalms, you can see clearly King David was very, very honest with God. If he felt hurt or upset or not feeling God's presence, he was just open and honest with the way he felt. Like I said earlier, sometimes it's a mountaintop experience, sometimes it's in the valley, but even if it's a cloudy day, doesn't mean the sun is not there. It's there. Genesis chapter 28, verse 15. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Sometimes we got to be reminded with Scripture that God is always with us, wherever we go. Right? And I think sometimes we forget. That's why we got. That's why it says, "Stick with Scripture." I think sometimes we forget that the sun is there behind. It. When it's a cloudy day, we all get depressed. The sun is still there. When the day is not going well in our life, like think about your day. Sometimes it's just not going well. God is still there. God is still there. He's always with us. Just a couple of verses I'm going to just pop out on you here just to kind of keep us straight. Because we know this verse in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. Because sometimes we need to see God. Sometimes we need to touch Him. Sometimes we need to feel Him. And that's the whole boyfriend God. And we want to move from that boyfriend God to bridegroom. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. We've got to move from that. Sometimes you're not going to see, but he's there. And you can see in John 20, verse 29, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen 
and yet believed. That's what I want to say. All of us here in the church, our relationship with God can't just be touching, seeing, feeling only. Yes, we all look forward to that. And I'm the first one. I want to see God. I want to hear you, God. And I understand that. But what I'm saying today is the boyfriend God is only relying on that. Does that make sense? Because sometimes we're just only relying on feeling. Ah, like I, I haven't seen God in months. I'm in this big problem and he's just not there for me. It's always cloudy for me. No, he is still there. Okay, I'm going to keep elaborating on that. So that's truth number, truth number one. Truth number two, you can write in our handouts. God always allows white space. Let me explain white space. White space is a time of waiting on God. And maybe during that waiting period, there's no feeling. Right? And here, here's what I want to say about that. White space does not mean that God is not caring, but it's a time when God is preparing. Does that make sense? White space is a time period when we just don't hear from God, but we don't feel His presence. It's a white space. It's a space that we're just waiting. It doesn't mean He doesn't care. It means He is preparing something for you, for me. Okay? I think let's get that clear because the white space period is the is the time when we're really, like, it's hard. It's hard for us for waiting on something to happen. We're waiting for someone to get better. We're waiting for God to be clear about my future. We're waiting for whatever. Everyone has something we're waiting for. But it doesn't mean God is not caring, but white space is a time when God is preparing. Look who else felt the same way. Right? Isaiah 64, verse 7. There is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. Hidden your face from us. Like Isaiah is writing here about God is hiding his face from him. Not even just Isaiah. But here we see, And the angel Lord appeared to him. See, see if you guys know who this is. And the angel Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, the Lord is with us. Why then has all this happened to us? How many, of us, how many of us said that before? Why is this happening to me? Right? Gideon is saying the same thing. Why is this happening to me? How come I can't see God? How come I can't feel God? Where is He? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Look at that. Isaiah felt like that before. Gideon felt like that before. Where is God? I can't see. I can't feel him. I can't understand him. Why is he forsaken us? But of course Isaiah saw a heavenly vision at some point in his life. Of course Gideon went to battle with 300 men against 300,000 and won. So if you could take 300 people and win against 300,000, then that's pretty incredible. That means God is definitely with them. So it's not just about feeling. There's going to be time of white space in everybody's life. There's going to be times of white space in everybody's life. When God calls someone to follow him, he frequently sends him through times in the wilderness. As we know, 
We can talk about many people in the Bible. You know, Moses was called, and he spends 40 years of white space before he does the mission. Another guy, King David was called to be the king. They anointed him. And then like 15, 17 years later, he becomes king. Like if someone's going to say you're king today, like if President Trump is inaugurated, like I know you guys, you just say his name, people laugh. <laughs> you know, what if he said 15 years from now you're going to be president, right? doesn't make any sense. There was white space for King David. There was white space for Moses. There's a time of waiting. And that's the problem. And I'm like you. If I don't see God on a regular basis, I don't feel his presence, then we start to get upset and say, God, where are you? And Gideon did that. Isaiah even did that. These guys, I'm sure, were saying, like, I'm, I'm the king. What's going on? King David's probably thinking of himself, he's the king. And Moses said, I'm supposed to be whatever. And they had to wait. And many people had to wait. Many people had to wait. But it doesn't mean God is not caring, but God is what? Preparing. I got two people that paid attention. God is preparing. Like, like if you don't see God or feel God, doesn't mean he doesn't care. He's preparing something. He's establishing something. Okay? And last week we talked about the on-demand God, right? We wanted what? Right now. But the white space says, no. It's time of waiting. Okay? 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And so Samuel rose and went to Ramah. So it's like, wait a minute. What happened next? That's white space. <laughs> it took 15 or plus years for King David to become king. So, look, are you in a white space right now? I don't know. White spaces are hard. White spaces are hard. Remember the first one? The sun is still there on a cloudy day. Second one, white space. Time of waiting when you're not sure what's next. We don't feel what God's going to do. Or we can't see what God's going to do. Like some people may have white space of sickness. Long time sickness. Maybe someone got in trouble with the law. That's good to court. Maybe waiting for marriage. Maybe waiting for God to fulfill a promise, but he didn't fulfill it yet. Maybe there's failures. I mean, I've been in many, many failures and many, many white spaces waiting on God to do something. It doesn't mean failure or waiting during those periods means anything that God is not there. A boyfriend God makes you feel that you have to feel all the time. And you want to feel his presence next to you. And you want to be emotional with him. And you want to cry every time you pray. It's not always going to be like that. It's not always going to be that mushy feeling with God. Okay? So we have to move from this boyfriend God. And we'll talk about what we move towards. Okay? So those are the things we just met. Some of the things we mentioned. I'm sure we have a longer list of the white spaces. St. Paul. The road to Damascus. You know the story better than I do. Once he met Christ on the road, it took many more years for him to be the great apostle we know. Like, you guys think it's just us that we're going through something, right? It's not like we're not the only ones waiting in the white space. That space is meant for God to prepare something for us. Okay? 
and especially what Buddha Anthony talked about today. Maybe God wants to sanctify us or humble us. You know, there's many times that I felt humbled by God's challenges in my life, making me wait, and, and, and so forth. And I'm sure you have a lot of stories. Maybe after this talk, we can sit and talk more together about it. But it's, you know, God, like God doesn't do anything in a wasteful way. He doesn't do anything in a wasteful way. He's always preparing. He's always doing something inside of us. But that waiting period is like, it's killing us. Like, why can't I see him? Why can't I feel him? Why can't I, why can't I understand what my future is? Why do I have to go through this failure? Why is this happening in my life? Gideon felt like that. I'm sure Moses, David, everyone felt like that. Like we always see the people in the Bible in their greatest moments. We always remember them in their greatest moments. But they went through what we're going through. Okay? Here's a statement that we can read together. We just follow along. We can never know that Jesus Christ is all that we need until he is all that we have. I'm sure I've heard that before. I think even about anything said it before. Someone said it before. I'm always listening to people. We can never know that Jesus Christ is all that we need until he's all that we have. So that white space makes you cling to who? To Christ. The white space, the time of waiting, makes you, it should make you run to him should make you know that he's all that you need. It's more than just a boyfriend now. It's something deep. Okay? So, absence of feeling doesn't mean God is absent. We got to remember that. God is not absent. He can't be. We're his children. I always go back to that. I'm your son. I always say that to, to God, I'm your son. I'm going through some challenges. I'm going through this white space. I'm going through trials. I need you. I know you're there. And I might be saying that for months before I, I know God is doing, like I can see what God is trying to do. Look, I've been in Africa 10 years now. This is my 10-year anniversary as a priest, and my time in Africa is almost 10 plus years. There's been many days without family, friends, even anyone to encourage. Many days. Many things went wrong in the 10 years. I can tell you, if I wrote a book about the 10 years, so y'all, Abuna, Abuna Abraham is a great missionary priest from Zambia. I, like, I want to tell you the other side. I want to tell you about all my failures. I want to tell you about all my problems. There's many. And, you know, but those problems were preparing me for something more. So, and there's been many days where I felt, God, are you, are you joking? Are you joking, God? Are you, where are you? You brought me out here in the wilderness spirit, and you're not there to support me? And you, it's okay to say that to God, by the way. I don't feel you. I don't see you. I don't, where are you? It's okay, whatever you're going through, to say that to him. So there's been many days like that. Even many close servants in Zambia betraying me. There's been many people that I trust going away. Many things go wrong. I can't get into it now because it might take another hour and I think my time, I have a limit. But at least, if you want to know, we can chat later on. But there's been many white spaces. But I know one thing about the white space is he was preparing me and he's still preparing me for something that I don't know yet. That I can't see. He's there. Guys, I know we all... I, I, sorry I'm repeating myself. That's what I do a lot. 
I repeat because, you know, just to convince myself first. But the truth is, we're not always going to feel God's presence. But the truth is, He's there every second. He'll never forsake us, never leave us. You know, He's always with us, but there's going to be white space. There's going to be cloudy days. There's going to be valleys. But I promise you, He's preparing and He's doing something great. Let's move to the third one. You gotta go from boyfriend to what? To bridegroom. Like, can you guys stay boyfriend, girlfriend forever? Like, what if somebody said we're gonna stay boyfriend, girlfriend for 15 years? That ain't gonna work. Our relationship with God's gotta move to marriage, to the bridegroom. He's not a, just a, like, we gotta move from boyfriend and feelings to bridegroom. That's the third point today. And that's moving towards something deeper. And like, if you look at these verses, the righteous shall live by faith. Like my relationship with God is faith, which means I don't always see Him. I don't always feel Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. What I want to say about this point is, to move to the bridegroom stage, to move to the marriage stage, it's a, it's a, it's a life of faith that I know He's there. Yeah, I didn't see him respond today, but he's there. Yeah, he didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted, but he's there. This is the next step. That I trust that my husband, our Lord Jesus Christ, is always going to take care of me. If he's not taking care of me today, I know he will. I know it's all, I'm in good hands. And this is where we need to move to, towards. But the boyfriend, the feeling, the emotion, the butterflies, that's great. And if you get feelings, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, don't say, okay, I don't want you to misunderstand and say, well, feelings are bad. No, feelings are good. And they'll come. But I can't rely just on feelings and emotions. And you guys, by the way, when I share, I'm, not remind, I'm just reminding you of what you already know. I just don't want us to have a relationship where we're, we start doubting God because He didn't answer something that I'm going through right now. And I think a lot of us have a lot of problems now, a lot of white space now, a lot of cloudy days now. And we start to say, like, maybe God loves that guy. That guy looks great. That guy has everything. That girl, she, she, she had what my dream is. But does it mean he's, he's not there? So we need to move towards this life of faith. Even, I'm sure that I had this in my life, a lot of unanswered prayers for a long period of time. They got answered, but a lot of unanswered prayers for a long period of time it hurts, it's hard. Always remember, that he never leave us or forsake us. So how do I go from boyfriend to bridegroom? Number one, come clean. Come clean to him. What does that mean? I want to talk about the other thing too here, just to kind of, I, I don't want to leave this without telling you this, because yes, feeling is not going to always be there, but I want to say something about God's presence. God's presence is always there, but sometimes you can't sense God's presence because there's something blocking the communication between the two of us. Does that make sense? Some, I'm not, like, I don't want to go back on what I said. I'm not going to rely on feeling. But God's presence, maybe I can't really recognize His presence as much. Because something is blocking it. it hasn't left you. But we should feel that there has to be something in my life I need to get out. For example... You guys know this song very well, King David. When I kept silent, 
My bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Now, before I move to the second part, the first part is, you know, maybe the presence of God can't see it, or God's not answering. I just want to say, to move to bridegroom, like maybe there's a sin that's weighing heavy upon us. Maybe that there's something in our life that's just heavy. You know, when you can't see God, it's because like something's weighing us down. Okay? Something's heavy upon our, our shoulders. Look what it says. Even your bones are, are going old. Like you're, 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 there's a drought. Like that's something important to recognize. But then it goes on to say, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to confess my sins. I'm going to confess my sins. And what's the response? After that, you are my hiding place. You, you shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. What? Do you guys see the difference? I know I'm just babbling right now, but I hope you guys can listen to my babble. Is that, look. Number one, we got to come clean. Okay, God is always there. On a cloudy day, the sun is still there. There's white space. There's time of waiting. That's true. But to move from boyfriend to bridegroom, to move to a deeper relationship with God, not for the feely things and emotions, but to have God's presence and power working in my life, there may be something I need to come out clean with Him. Like, I don't want you just to come to church every week and you're holding stuff. Get it out. Because you're going to grow old and tired and sick and weak spiritually, especially, possibly physically, but spiritually, you're going to become weak. It's going to lay a heavy burden. But then when you confess it, now you're my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. I King David can see being preserved in time of trouble. I want, I want us to see that too. I want us to witness that too. I'm not going back on what I said about feeling. But what I want to make clear is that there might be something each one of us is holding that we've got to get out. Let's do that. Let's not hold it in. In, destroy us. Out, you can witness the presence and power of God. Okay? So come clean. Right? If a husband and wife one is tweaked in the relationship, they got to come clean with each other. Isn't that right? So, make sure you come clean with God. Number two, you want to move from boyfriend to bridegroom, we need to acknowledge who he is. Acknowledge who he is. You can tell me better who God is. We can say the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the one who never changes. I was saying this verse earlier. This is true too. Be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And by the way, when I'm in the white space, I keep telling God who He is. And I keep holding Him to it. Say, God, you are that. And you said that. And you told me you're going to do that. So don't leave me out here in this wilderness. And I just keep fighting with Him. And I think you should fight with Him too. Fight in a good way, not fight in a bad way. And He's saying promises here. I will never leave you or forsake you. To be honest with you, we forget so quickly who he is. What he has done. Like if you were to tell me, remember, go back and remember all that God has done for you. Remember. I think that's what number two is. If you want to keep him from boyfriend to bridegroom, we got to stop expecting the daily feelings with him 
and remember what he has done. Remember what he's doing. And, and, and be rest assured of the promise of what he will do. So don't forget so quickly on who he is. We can spend a lot of time on that one, but that's number two. Number three, affirm who you are. So number one is come clean with him. Number two, acknowledge who he is. And number three, affirm who you are. Uh, sometimes we forget. Maybe this will help you. In John chapter 10, verse 28. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. By the way, it's one of my favorite verses, honestly. I'm always picturing going through a problem and like someone trying to hurt me. And I just remember that no one can take me out of his hands. You got to remember that. Whatever you're going through. Yeah, the feelings might not be there, but you got to know that. Maybe you don't feel that. Maybe you don't see that. Maybe you're wondering where is that, but it's there. No one's going to snatch you out of his hands. Can anyone take you out of our Lord's hands? Like, no one could try. No one could even attempt. It's like, it's not going to happen. And the devil always wants to deceive us. You know what the devil likes to do? Try to remind us of our, our past. Have you ever felt like that before? Oh, you're, you remember what you did? Remember who you are? He's done that to me many times, trying to remind me of who I used to be. No, I'm not. I came clean with him already. I know who he is. And I know who I am. And I know where I belong. Don't forget those things. Don't forget those things. Don't say you're worthless. Don't say you're nothing. Remind yourself of who he is and who you are. Who you are to him. Maybe somebody else will insult you. Maybe somebody else doesn't think you're that great. Just remind yourself who you are to him, which is the most important. So I'm at the end. I'm sure you're happy. It's time to remove the false God of the boyfriend and time to meet God again for the first time. What a wonderful series. I think we have a lot of false gods, a lot of misunderstanding of God. God is not our boyfriend. Sorry to tell you. I don't think that's in the Bible anywhere. And I don't think we should even imagine that it's just about feelings and emotions only. Yes, you will have feelings sometimes. Yes, you may cry in a prayer or repentance. That's great, but it's not always going to be there. Some people say, oh, I didn't cry in my repentance. It's okay. I don't cry in my repentance, but I'm still repenting. Okay, so it's like you don't have to have always that emotion. God is not our boyfriend. He's our bridegroom. We're not dating God. We're married to God. It's a big difference. Yes, feeling is great. In any relationship, it's great. But if you base your relationship on feeling, you won't have many friends. And you won't last in a marriage. You won't. Sorry to tell the, the newly married people or those who are getting married. Sorry to tell you, you won't last very long. Because if it's just on feeling, because sometimes you wake up and say, I don't, I don't like you. <laughs> sometimes it happens. But not to me, of course, because Mama Dahlia, she's the best always every day. Every day is a great, every day is like the first day. So I hope she's not here or I'm in trouble somehow. But let's be, let's remember the facts. The sun is still there on a, you guys are dead or what? You know, in Africa we like people to talk back, you know what I'm saying? The sun is still there on a, okay, good. God always allows white space, time of waiting, time when we don't know what's next. And we've got to go from boyfriend to bridegroom. So this is, sorry, it was 
I know Bunanti would have done much better, but at least I shared with you. You know, like I said, I'm not much on feeling, but, and I have had many, many white spaces and cloudy days, but guys, don't give up. Don't give up on those moments. God is always there, and never will anyone take you out of his hands. I always imagine myself, to be honest, I'm not preaching to you. I always imagine myself in God's hands. When I'm on the airplane, the airplane goes like that. I'm like, I'm in God's hands. I'm in your hands, Lord. I'm in your hands. When I have a problem, I just keep saying, I'm in your hands. And I, this, that verse always reminds me that no one can hurt me. No one can take me out of his I, I, I can go through many months of problems, but I got to trust what he said. And if you're going through something now, and you're looking for feeling, and you're looking for your boyfriend, you may not find him. You're going to find a bridegroom. You're going to find a great father and shepherd. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's stand up from here. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Thank you so much, Lord, for this chance to, to see you, to know you, to, to be with you in this wonderful church, this beautiful church with so many great people. And these are all your children, Lord, and we know you're holding them, each one of them, in your holy, precious, blessed, life-giving hands. Lord, we go through a lot of problems and challenges. We're not sure about tomorrow. We're not even sure about today sometimes. We need to feel you, but we know that we can't rely on that. We need to see you, but sometimes we don't. We need to touch you. We know that you're there, Lord. We know that you're there, and you promised us that you're always there. You never forsake us. Help us to believe that promise, not just to talk about it. Help us to believe that you're always there. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting us meet you again and to know that you're, there's a true God out there. And, and sorry, Lord, for, for thinking of you in the wrong way. Please forgive each and every one of us. Help us to come clean today with you. Help us to get out what's inside of us. Help us to know who you really are and remind ourselves of who you are and to remind ourselves who we are. We're your children, Lord. We love you, honor you. We ask all this in the intercession of St. Mary, St. Mark, St. Athanasius, and all the saints, Lord, here as we thankfully say, our Father.